Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Bots and hun bros, it has been quite the week. We have had this like massive rainstorm here in California. In San Diego, it hasn't been that bad, but it's just so cold. It's just so cold. And I know that San Diego cold is nothing compared to like Minnesota cold or like Canada cold, but like it's relative, okay? It's relative. It's cold to me. I live here and this is what I'm used to and it's cold. It's cold. Okay, just trust me. Just trust me. Anyway, um, so this episode, uh, really, I don't know what it is if it's just like January has just been like the month of audio technical difficulties when I finally listen <laughs> to the file. I'm like, why is there so much wonky stuff? So there's just been a couple like technical difficulties with the last few episodes and I've had to learn how to do more than usual and it has sort of just put me behind in my regular schedule and then I opened up recording batch sessions which took an entire day and so again like ADHD and trying to compartmentalize everything and trying to get everything on a schedule I'm getting better at it but it's I'm still a little wonky and that's okay. So um, I just wanted to apologize to my Patreon because usually they get this a lot earlier than they did this week. And Jaja says hello. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we had a visitor and my room is at the front of the house. So <laughs> this is where the dog likes to hang out and bark at everybody that pulls into the driveway. Anyway, after apologizing to my Patreon members, I would like to welcome the new ones and be like, hey, choo-choo, hot mess express rolling into town. So uh, I would love to welcome Amy Otondo, Glenda Stansberry, Brittany Dunn, and Kimberly Smith. Welcome. Welcome. It's so nice to have you. And, uh, you know, you guys, I feel like you know what to expect at this point. And I'm starting to feel less guilty about not being perfect and like just showing up authentically. So you guys are helping me with that. And um, thank you for giving me the space to take a break when I need it and do things that I need to do. And then I also I wanted to share with you guys, this is something that I'm going to be starting to do. It's just a little personal thing for anybody that cares. But um, I went and bought myself a pair of hiking shoes today. So uh, I shared a picture on Instagram of the whole journey because I felt like I might as well document it in this like single life that I'm living and trying to just sort of embrace things as it come. I used to hike a lot and I just, you know, I wanted to get back into it. So I've been thinking about it for a long time. We've got the dog, we've got the beach and the mountains and the desert everywhere. It's just San Diego is really great for that. And I feel like I don't take advantage of it and I pay for it. So I might as well. Um, And so, yeah, if you guys are into hiking, I would love your advice and your help. And I literally only have shoes and um, probably going to start camping again too and get new gear. I sold all my old camping gear in our garage sale and so I wanted to get new gear this year and um, you know just be a little extra wild and uh, I wanted to share that with you guys because it is a journey that will probably become you know part of this because it's part of my life and uh, I just wanted to welcome you guys into that and again if any of you are into that I would love your help and advice. 
Uh, not a ton of content warnings in this episode. It's an episode about the military and capitalism, and it's great. It's really great. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. But we do talk about the struggles of being a military spouse and, and what comes along with that. So that's the trigger warning. It's not really much of a trigger warning. It's a great episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll see you next week. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we are going to be talking about another vulnerable community, a community that is often mentioned, but not really ever focused on. So when I got the email from our guest today saying, hey, this is something that I think we really need to talk about, I said, you know what? I'm right there with you. So we're going to be talking about military and military spouses and how MLMs use affinity fraud to get them sucked into these scams. So I would like to welcome to the show, Christine. Welcome, Christine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am not from a military family. I'm from San Diego, though, and I have dated military people, and my ex-husband is a veteran, and so the military is very close to my heart. Um, We've got multiple military bases here in San Diego. It is very hard to find somebody here that isn't affiliated with the military in some way. I even had military people on my team, spouses. uh, They had spouses. It went real deep, especially in LuLaRoe. Lots of people in LuLaRoe in the military. And um, I think it is just like you said in your email, like it's something that happens and we just really need to talk about it. And you've got that unique perspective of being a military spouse who has seen all of this happen around you. And I think, you know, it's great. So I want to welcome you to the show and I'm going to give you the mic and go on with it, girl. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. So the very first thing I want to say, and I have to kind of credit you, Roberta, with really like pushing me towards this perspective. Um, I have friends who are still in MLMs. I have friends who are previously in MLMs. And if any of them are listening, I just really, really want them to know I'm not speaking about this because I judge them for being in MLMs. I don't think you're naive. I don't think you're stupid. I don't think anything negative. I come from this because I love and adore my fellow military spouses. And it really upsets me that these companies are promising us something that they're not going to deliver on. If any of my friends who are involved or have been involved are hearing this and are thinking, oh my gosh, she's just here as like this big hater. That is not the truth. It, I love you. I love you so much. I think the world of you and I just want the best for you, whatever that may be. That's my kind of disclaimer because I know a lot of people see, you know, anti MLM or anti this or anti that. And it's like, automatically they think it's going to be this like negative, just like railing, like, oh, how could those people be so naive? No, they're not naive. The companies are really good at what they do in recruiting people and promising things and making things look very shiny and exciting. That's my, that's my kind of disclaimer. So just a little bit about me. I have been married to the military. Uh, My husband is active duty for almost 11 years. And so, and I've gone through a couple of different careers, uh, some employment, some unemployment. I actually almost joined an MLM once, but my husband talked me out of it. At one of our previous duty stations, I went to a Leah Sophia party. The lady was so nice and everything's sparkly. And like, I bought stuff from her and 
came home with a pamphlet because of course, after the, the end of the party, she came up to me and mind you, I was, I think I was 24. We weren't married yet. And the lady came up to me and she was like, oh my gosh, I think you'd be really good at this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, me? And she was like, yeah, you're just so bubbly and outgoing. Here's this little packet. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So I go home to my husband. I guess we were engaged at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. I'm like, for only $49, I could do this. What kind of got me, because I knew people who had been like Mary Kay reps and stuff like that. And like, oh, you have to have these 17 boxes of product in your house. And this Leah Sophia lady was like, well, you don't even have to do that. You just order on the website. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And I, I hear a lot of husband, uh, people talk about their spouses or their husbands and say, you know, yeah, they were just so supportive. And, um, you know, they were just kind of like, sure, honey, whatever. Um, my husband and I have a very, we have like a good banter and we challenge. Now when it comes down to it and push comes a shove, we're supportive of each other. We would not have lasted 11 years in the military without it. But, um, he was like, mind you, I was working in a job at the time where I was outdoors every single day. I wore like t-shirts and tennis shoes. And he's like, what, where are you going to jewelry? Like you don't even wear jewelry. He's like, we had to get you a different ring than your engagement ring. Cause you can't wear it to work because you work like outside with your hands. And so we kind of talked about it and that maybe, uh, this lady had maybe just made me feel really good and got me really excited but maybe this wasn't like actually my vibe. So that's as close as I ever got to joining an MLM. I did, I tried, I searched my email yesterday. I went on an interview, two interviews for what ended up being a pyramid scheme when we lived in Nebraska. But after the second interview, I realized this is not an interview for a real job. This is an interview for a pyramid scheme. So thankfully I got out of that one unscathed. I don't know the name of the company. I tried to search. I think I found them on like Indeed or someplace, but it was the people that sell like cable TV in Sam's Club. Oh yeah, probably Sidcore. <laughs> but I remember I was so bizarre, Roberta. I went to this office. They literally had like rented office space and I go in and of course they make you wait and they're like, oh, so-and-so is our CEO or whatever they called him, he's just out getting coffee right now. So of course he comes in with his big old Starbucks, like looking so cool. And I'm like, we literally at the time we're living out of a microtel because we had just moved and we had all of my stuff was in like a Penske truck in the microtel parking lot. So obviously I was in a slightly vulnerable place at the time. So I went on this first interview and they're like, yeah, great. Okay. Your next interview, we're going to Sam's club. I'm like, what? So I show up and it's me and these two other people. And so they start talking about how you have to go around and like basically like chase people through the store and then oh if you get really good at it christine you can find some people and make your own team and i was like wait wait a minute <laughs> wait wait just a minute that's as close as, as i've ever come but like i said in my email i have been exposed to at least at last count 21 different mlms just being married to the military. And so I'm not trying to, you know, hate on military spouses at all. Like I said, I love my fellow military spouses very much, but I was exposed to 21 different MLMs by 
being in communities I would not have been in, being parts of groups I otherwise wouldn't have been in, just meeting people I never would have met. Now, I also counted the ones that I would have been exposed to just by like hometown people, family, childhood friends, stuff like that. And there's only like seven or eight on that list. And so it really got me thinking when the list of ones I'd been exposed to in the military community was like 21 MLMs long, which just for fun, can I read you that list? Cause I just feel like, yeah, I'm really curious which MLMs are are, uh, more favorable with military spouses in your areas. I I knew you would be interested in this list. So I don't know how to say this one because, and I've heard y'all say it a few different ways. I don't know if it's Monate or Monat or Mo, the hair one. Yeah. Um, You can call it any of those. They all work. (laughs) Um, Lula Rowe, Stampin' Up. I don't know if you've heard that one. It's like a paper crafting MLM. Uh, Color Street, Leah Sophia, which doesn't exist anymore. And the person I knew from that one now does Touchstone Crystal by Swarovski, which can I say, I love Swarovski. And I'm like, it like hurts my feelings that they have an MLM leg now, but that's okay. They don't care about my feelings. Mary Kay, Mascara, which is now Saint. Yes, um, mascara, which never even sold mascara. Never sold mascara. So I, I know a person who is part of this company. Several months ago, I asked this friend, hey, I'm in the market for a new mascara. It was long enough ago that it was still called mascara. And I was like, hey, I need some new mascara. What you got for me? And they were like, um, they actually don't. She's like, I know it's super weird. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. I just thought I'd ask. And anyway. Usborne Books is a big one that we see a lot. Amway, this was actually a person I worked with, their spouse who was in the military was recruited into Amway by one of their coworkers. So not sketch at all. I've heard stories of like high up military people being in Amway and recruiting other high up military people into Amway and there being this weird military Amway Mm. thing. Yeah. So I don't know a lot about it. And if these people are listening, I still love you. Even though you joined Amway, don't forget. I still love you. I'm going to say it a hundred times. People who listen to this episode are going to be like, can she stop? They're going to think I'm love bombing, but like, it's legit. I really do love them. (laughs) When we talk about affinity fraud, if that comes back up, I do feel a way about higher ranking military people and their spouses who are in MLMs Because the military is a bizarre, it's not bizarre, but just by the nature of the literal rank structure and the literal fact that like a colonel is here and a staff sergeant is here. If a colonel's wife is like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so amazing. Like you should try it. There are going to be certain lower ranking people's spouses who feel like they can't say no. Now I will say that I have not personally seen that happen. But I also don't like that there's an opportunity for it to happen. So, so Amway, let's see, um, Sensi, Norwex is a big one. I see a lot of military spouses with Norwex. We move into these houses. Like, um, I know everybody else can't see, but Roberta can see my like beautiful, like high school gymnasium stairs and like double railings over there and base, like it's beautiful. Actually, I shouldn't complain. Our house here is, is very nice. Base housing is, uh, can be interesting sometimes. Yeah. I will say here where I live currently, it is, I was very pleasantly surprised. Also Mo- Modere. 
Rodan and Fields, which that every single time I'm part of a couple of spouse groups on Facebook. And every time somebody says like, I'm looking for a new skincare routine, like up they come. Herbal Life, obviously that one just penetrates everything. It works. 31, we love us some 31 bags. We cart stuff everywhere. So we love us some 31 bags. Beachbody and Shakeology, are they the same thing? Yeah, okay. Shakeology is the name of Beachbody's meal replacement shake. Okay. Melaleuca, which I just stumbled on that one the other day. Uh, Young Living Rainbow Cleaning Systems. Oh, yes. The rainbow vacuums. Yes. People ask all the time, is rainbow an MLM? And yes, yes, they are. Yes. I've done a lot of Googling in the last few weeks over different companies that I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And then Plexus is the last one I have listed. The ones that I've been exposed to outside of the military community, because let's be fair, you know, if I had never married into the military, Pampered Chef, doTERRA isogenics which i'm seeing all over the place right now like on my instagram and then paparazzi which i have heard you talk about on your show but had never seen it i don't know if it's just instagram but i see so many posts and i see so many now because i'm aware of it and i go hunting for it but people are like join my coaching team or like do you want to know how to make money on instagram and like it's very like veiled and convoluted And they're like, just click here for more info. And even for me, like looking for the true info and looking to see like, hey, is this person part of an MLM or what's going on? You have to like really dig and there will be coaching people. Oh, I forgot unique. I forgot unique. That's one of them. I saw that one today too. And so, but you'll be like, they'll be like talking about like coaching and growing your business. And then you click and you click and you click and you dig and you dig and you find out it's for unique. And I'm like, okay, I thought, And again, like before I started listening to your podcast, I really, I knew I wasn't going to join an MLM, but I had no problem purchasing products because I just figured, yeah, I'm just helping my friend Jane with her business, or I'm helping my friend, whoever, you know, with their side hustle. And now I know, and unfortunately, sorry, everyone who's in an MLM still, I love you, but I won't be purchasing your products anymore. Cause I don't want to keep you in that cycle of like, oh my gosh, I finally got a sale. And like, I worked in sales for a period of time. And I, so I understand that rush of like, oh yes, I got a sale. Um, but with MLM, like when I made a sale, when I worked in sales, it was like that commission's yours. Like you made the sale, it's added to your production for the month or the quarter, whatever. I didn't have to do anything else except keep showing up to work where they also paid me an hourly wage to get it. No, it's really interesting. Um, I do. I want to talk about the affinity fraud in the military because yeah. you talking about the higher ranking, like made me think like, oh yeah, of course. And it reminds me of talking about religion and different religious mm-hmm. organizations where MLM is prevalent within the congregations and maybe yes. the bishop's wife sells something, or maybe the pastor's wife sells something. And you're yes. slightly more inclined because like, well, it's pastor John and he really helped us out last month. And his right. wife really needs that lipstick and pastor right. John would never lead us down the wrong, you know? So, I mean, it's that same exact thing, but now it's in the military and now it's a job thing, right? It's not yeah. just the ranking of your social life within the church. It is the ranking of not only your social life within your base and the organization that you're at at the time, but also mm-hmm. job wise for your husband. Absolutely. 
that's something. And again, this is, you know, just so the, the Huns don't come after you, Roberta, this is my, my opinion, Christine. So if you want to come after somebody, come after me, I will say I haven't personally witnessed it, but in my opinion, because of the rank structure of the military and who is responsible for who and who writes whose performance reviews, there's even a lot of assumptions that like if I volunteer for this sort certain organization and become friends with Colonel whoever's spouse, then maybe when my spouse is up for promotion, they'll be like, well, you know, they're so involved and they're, they're so this. And it's not like people are outright, like I would be absolutely shocked if any commander was like calling troops into his office or her office and saying, you're going to join Amway. That's absolutely not. But there's influence and there's a power and rank structure that we kind of all spouses included kind of, we know that it's there. And I won't say adhere to, and cause you know, I also don't want the the bros coming after you being like, well, you don't need to be wearing your spouse's rank. Well, I'm not wearing my spouse's rank, but guess what? I live on base and my spouse's name's literally on our front door. So like, I can't get away from the fact that I am Sergeant so-and-so's wife. It's just a part of my identity in my community. There are going to be some people who are like, well, you shouldn't. Well, it's not that I go around saying I'm Sergeant so-and-so's wife. I don't, I don't do that at all, but it is part of your identity. And especially when you live on base um, and the military is a small community. I think it's what, like 1% of Americans are in the military and the affinity fraud, it's not only a rank thing. It's definitely there when MLMs were really big on Facebook. And I just remember these two events coinciding. I remember a lot of community pages starting to ban MLM advertising because we have like different base. So they'll be like, you said like Coronado, I think is one of the bases. And so it'll be like Coronado family Facebook page and only families that are assigned to that base. And it had become just an absolute hotbed of MLM activity. Also, a lot of bases have like craft shows or fall bazaars and things like that. And they're meant to be for like handcrafted, like artisan items. And they were becoming absolutely overrun with MLM. And I will say one of the years that we were at a certain base, I was part of uh, a spouse's organization that organized one of these bazaars. And it was the very first year, I think it was like 2015, I want to say. It was the very first year that this organization had said they had been allowing MLMs at the bazaar, but there was starting to be multiples. So there'd be three Lula Row booths and two Norwex booths. And, and so it was just, it was getting crazy. And so this particular year, the organizers said, look, we will allow MLMs. We understand that a lot of spouses, you know, this is your business. We're only going to allow one from each company. Roberta, that was like the most drama I have ever, like people went nuts. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect, effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Let me just say that because it was like, okay, whoever gets their application in first, well, then people are like metaphorically like knocking each other over to get their uh, applications in first. And, you know, cause I want to be the only Lula and these are events that normally pull several thousand people. So like, if I have an MLM business, like, of course I want to be the only one. And I don't want to be completely ousted from that event either. I think most community Facebook pages, because almost every base has a community page where, you know, you ask questions about the local area. Hey, what are the good schools? Hey, where's the closest Costco or whatever. Um, most of them have either completely banned advertising or like at 
in our community here, uh, the first of the month, they do one post and you can, it doesn't matter what kind of business you have, you can advertise only on that post. Anything else will get deleted. So the other type of affinity fraud that kind of happens is not only the, the rank affinity fraud, but we're a very close community. I, you know, we were talking before we got started recording that like, I know exactly how my neighbors have their house laid out. Like we've only lived here a few months and I know like way more about my neighbors than I ever did in my like civilian neighbors. And so there's kind of a comfort level. Like when I meet a random person on the street, you start maybe at a lower comfort level with someone that you just meet completely randomly on the street. Right. But when I meet another military spouse, especially if I meet them on base or at a spouse's event, you kind of are already on some common ground and are already just, you feel more familiar with them than maybe you would another person. And so the other thing is when we move new places, we very often move without a community. So I have a lot of friends and family back home who not only have lived in the same city or town for the last 10 or 15 years, they lived in the same neighborhood, maybe in the same house. My family are one of the ones who we're considered like we don't move very much, but I've moved three times in 10 and a half years to three different states and now a different country. And we're like, oh man, you guys don't even move that much. And so I have friends who move like every two years, like clockwork, different states, different countries. And you show up at this new place where you don't have family, you don't have a community, you kind of have this ready-made community with the base. And so then people that you meet there, you kind of have a level of trust with them that you wouldn't with other people. So if you go to a new base and say, meet someone who's your neighbor or at an event or your spouses work together, what have you. And then they say like, oh, hey girl, let's go to coffee. And hey, let me show you around. And then a few weeks later, you're talking about how you're bored at home and da, 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 da. Cause of course you had to give your career up again. And they're like, oh my gosh, I have this great opportunity for you. And that's, I think how it starts or they may not even have to do that. You may see them seem to be really thriving and maybe you see it on Facebook. Maybe you see it in real life or Instagram or what have you, but maybe you say, gosh, she, or he has really got it going on. And you say, Hey, Roberta, you seem like you've got a lot happening. Like, what are, what are you doing? Like, what are you into? Right. It it opens up that conversation and, and yeah, they're absolutely right. That is such a vulnerability for people who have to move. You have no choice. Yeah. Military first, right? The military Mm -hmm. says, sorry, (laughs) you're going here now and it's going to happen in this time. And you just go. (laughs) Yeah. And you say, okay. And everyone in this situation understands that, right? Civilians don't understand being forced to move constantly, but people in the military do. And so when new people come into the community, even though you don't know them, they're incredibly welcoming. Hey, we get it. Come on in. I want to introduce you to the moms. Do you have kids? How old are they? These are those age moms. Oh, your husband does this. My husband does that. We get together on these days. Absolutely. And you are forced and thrust into this new community that you really have to trust because you you have have no other option. We had a new spouse come into our immediate community recently, and they had some just really crummy things happen to them in the transition. And one of the first things that I told them when they got here and, you know, got their stuff kind of unloaded, we were, and she's like, well, I'm worried about this. And what about that? And I was like, Hey, take a breath. You're not alone anymore. We're your family now. I personally, and I think most military spouses, we do mean that because we go through some just wacky, wacky stuff, but it does raise that level of trust 
almost immediately because you're like, well, you know, and then there's also you feel like there's a level of accountability, right? Because you're like, well, if my spouse works with her spouse, like she's not going to do something so crazy that the guys can't even look at each other at work, right? You know, right. and and that's why I really don't think military spouses and MLM, I really truly believe that 99.9% of them are not malicious and predatory. The companies are malicious and predatory. I have no problem saying that. The companies who run MLMs are malicious and predatory. The people who join them are just trying to do something. They're just trying to carve out a little piece of life that's just theirs. That is why I emailed you because it upsets me so much because there are so many things that you can do. I made a list and it's a not even remotely all-inclusive list because of things you can do other than MLMs to take money. Because listening to your podcast and just observing what I have over the last almost 11 years, I'm convinced that every single person I have ever met in the military community has a skill or a talent or something that they can trade for money. Whether it's cosmetology, I've known people like cosmetologists who have set up a whole ass salon in their house, dedicated room in their house. This is my salon now. Or, you know, people who do pet sitting, like provide a service, give you money. People do babysitting, crafting, anything, running errands. And we'll get to the, uh, the fact that spouses are underpaid and underemployed a lot later. But there are so many other options to have a side hustle other than MLM. It just really grinds my gears. <laughs> they try to give us this. They say, oh, well, you don't have to do anything. You have this ready-made business model. It's plug and play. Just do this. Here's your website. Just swipe your credit card and off you go. You know, yeah, <laughs> that was actually going to bring me to my next point, which is another vulnerability of the military with moving. And you already mentioned that you gave up your job again, that the <laughs> business in a box, these plug and play, like you just said, you can take them with you. You can take them wherever. We have a branch in wherever you're going to be stationed. Oh, we ship to military post offices. Oh, no problem. We'll send it overseas. It is like so built in that any military spouse yeah. is able to get one of these business in a boxes and on the off chance that you'll be moving, which is definitely going to happen soon. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. You can take it with you. Yeah. It's so easy. You just take it with you. And the, you know, the crazy part is too, and, and now the internet has mitigated this a little bit, but before the internet, especially, that was really a false claim because you're about to plop yourself down in another new community where you don't know anybody. So how are you supposed to do this network marketing job where you don't know anybody? So we've had guests on the show talking about how they were in an MLM and when they were forced to move, the MLM forced them to rejoin and start completely over from the bottom again. And so that they joined multiple that. MLMs over and over again because they had moved around. So yeah, I mean, with the internet, a lot of those issues have changed, but that wasn't even really a selling point for MLMs 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And, and I mean, people have been in MLMs. I'm sure military spouses have been in MLMs from the dawn of time because as a group, and I hope I'm not speaking outside of um, where I should, but I, I hope I can speak for most of us that like, we're very resilient, very enterprising, very driven people. And so we want to do stuff. You know, that's why so many of us volunteer. I left a corporate job a year and a half ago to stay home with my kids due to COVID and military. And like I was telling you, we got stuck between a rock and a hard place with COVID, my job and the military. And 
the military had to come first. I've like doubled up on my volunteering and it's something that I like and that I'm passionate about the organizations that I volunteer for directly support military spouses and and families. Most military spouses are not just, if we're not actually in like a corporate job, which I have some department of labor statistics, which I don't know how old these are, but these are current on the department of labor website. So 92% of military spouses are women. Only 53% of us are in the labor market as opposed to 76% of the general population is in the labor market. Wow. We have a, as of 2017, which I can only imagine after COVID that this has gotten worse. But as of 2017, we had a 13% unemployment rate, which is three times the national average. Also, I would like to add that unemployment rate, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't even include people like me because I'm not actively searching for work. I left my job and from now until I change my mind, I'm a stay-at-home mom. So people like me are even excluded from that statistic. And then 31.6% are underemployed, which the Department of Labor defines as people who are working part-time but would prefer full-time work. But there is another huge issue with military spouse employment and underemployment if you define underemployment as being overqualified for a job. So like if a spouse has a master's degree or higher, they can't find a job sometimes in their field. And so a lot of people say, well, there's jobs everywhere. Well, I'm sorry, a person with a master's degree or a PhD is really not looking to be a cashier at Target. There's nothing wrong with being a cashier at Target. Honestly, they just raised their minimum wage and I'd be happy to work at Target if we had a Target. But um, not everyone is in a position, I mean, there are people who are attorneys and physical therapists and physicians and, you know, have a ton of schooling who move to places where they simply can't work. To me personally, those people also end up underemployed because they're really not at like the height and potential of their education and earnings that they, that they could have. And so those things make us susceptible to MLMs. Um, We're super susceptible to love bombing because like we were talking about, we're plopped in these new communities. And when somebody is like, oh my gosh, you're so nice and you're so cute. And like, you're like, oh my God, thank God somebody likes me. It can be nerve wracking. I mean, at this point I'm in my mid thirties and feel pretty confident about where I stand in my community and my life. And so it's less nerve wracking, but when like I moved for the first time to a brand new state I'd never been to at 25 years old, I've been married for six months. I had no idea how to even find my community. Um, I mean, it's so lonely and isolating. And so when someone comes and says, Oh my God, you're so cute, cool, fun. Don't you want to be my friend? I've got these great opportunities. I can help you find friends and make money and have everything you've always wanted. Don't you want everything you've always wanted? And you're like, yes, of course. This sounds great. Yes. seems to be built right in. Yeah. And I can be a girl boss and I can feel, and now I'm only going to speak from my own experience. I, again, I would be shocked if, if no one else felt this way, that promise of like being a girl boss and like owning your own company, you know, our spouses and, and rightly so are pretty well recognized within their jobs for what they do. There's quarterly awards, there's banquets. When you get promoted, there's 
parties and every time you leave a base, there's a going away dinner and a going away present and, and the spouses, it's just like, see you. And we're like, okay, bye. (laughs) And so again, our spouses absolutely deserve to be recognized for what they do. They do do wonderful, wonderful work. But as the other spouse, you can sometimes kind of feel like, well, what impact am I going to make in this world? Like, what's my legacy going to be? Right. And so when someone says to you, like, Hey man, you can be a CEO, you can be a girl boss. Like that honestly sounds really appealing to have something for yourself that you can be proud of and say, look what I did. I have something to show for my time at this place. I remember feeling very isolated when I was a new mom and wife and also feeling like I had no identity, that my Mm -hmm. identity was being a mom and a wife and having my own personal identity crisis. And that's when MLM came into my life. I mean, that's when MLM was like, Hey, we'll give you an identity. We'll tell you you're cool. You're not just Abby's mom over here. You're a rock star. And then add on to that too, that like the visibility in the military community is that, Oh, you're so-and-so's wife. Um, So hiring our heroes has a military spouse professional network arm. um, And I did some volunteering with them for a couple of years. Um, If any of my MSPN girls are listening, hey. Um, (laughs) But that's something we used to talk about all the time because the Military Spouse Professional Network was professional military spouses who would get together and we talk about networking and negotiating pay and all of this. And it was the only space in my military life where no one asked me what my husband did because everybody else that I meet says, oh, well, what does your husband do? Well, hi, I'm Christine, and I really like Harry Potter and walking and dogs. But uh, sure, let me tell you about my husband. Um, and it's just it's just like a normally accepted greeting of like, you know, hi, I'm Christine. Hi, I'm John. Oh, nice to meet you, Christine. What's your husband do? And I'm like, oh, whatever, man. Uh, and so that's why MSPN was so close to my heart because we were a group that like, we only ever talked about our own professions and our own accomplishments. And so you tack on this, oh, well, you're only Sergeant so-and-so's wife or you're, you know, Airman so-and-so's wife and your only identity is what your spouse does for a living, which again, they do cool stuff. They absolutely deserve recognition, but it gets a little tiring that the only thing people want to know about me is about my spouse. Again, he's really cool. We've been married almost 11 years. I'm a big fan. I think he's awesome. But when people meet me, <laughs> I want to talk about me. Um, and so again, with that identity of wanting to have an identity outside of yourself can just be so, so strong that like you said, the MLMs just make it like, yeah, girl, you can do this thing. You can have your own business. It's on a platter. Here's the box. Swipe the card and go. You're a girl boss. And then the other thing that comes on with being a girl boss is all this amazing income you're going to make to supplement your husband's hard work. So let's talk about that because that is something, because as you very well know, because I know you've got all the stats on how much people actually don't make in MLMs. They pitch it as supplement your husband's income. You know, you're going to be able to take your family on vacations and do all of this because the retire your husband thing is not as big in the military because it's different. The flip side of that coin, which 
I don't know that anyone, I, I really have a rosy colored view of the world a lot of times. And I really hope that no one thinks about it this way, but everyone whose spouse is in the military, that service member has a steady income and a stable job with job security like no other. These MLMs that require you to keep buying and buying month to month to qualify for the bonus and this and that, someone somewhere knows that military spouses always have access to a steady paycheck. And I'm sorry, maybe I'm vilifying people past what they need to be vilified, but it's like that MLM double speak that you talk about all the time where it's like on the one hand, they're like supplement income, you know, you're going to be able to buy your kids like the best stuff for school and this, that, and the other. But then on the other hand, they know you're always going to be able to pay for that next month's stuff because the other half of your partnership has a steady paycheck. And so you're always going to be able, they know that you can always place the next order. Whether or not that's intentionally built in is beyond the point because they know that. Anybody with a steady income, they they say that in any MLM, regardless of whether you're not military. So being in a military with a steady income, I would think it would be even bigger. And so that was just something that kind of hit me um, just as I was kind of thinking of all of this. And something that you mentioned a lot, which we've we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but you know, the first question you usually ask people is where were you in your life when MLM came into your life? Pretty much, I think every single person you've had on your podcast describes some sort of transition. I just graduated from college. I just moved to a new town. I just became a mom. I, et cetera, et cetera. Military families are constantly in transition. in transition. We just, we just live in transition. Like that's just, that's like my middle name now is transition. And so I think that's like just another piece of the pie to add in that like, you're almost always vulnerable because you're always in transition. You're always have just moved or about to move your kids about to start the new school or just started this new soccer team or like everything's almost always in flux. And so it's just that transition piece is just always there for us. No. And that's an excellent point because being in transition is a big vulnerability. And I would think anybody moving is a vulnerability. (laughs) Yeah. A new community is a vulnerability. Being alone is a vulnerability. Being just a military wife and not yet a mom. So your husband is off. Maybe he's at boot camp and you're alone and you're a new wife sitting at home. Who are you going to talk to while he's gone? Who are you going to talk to while he's at basic training? Who who are you going to talk to when he's overseas on deployment? Exactly. All of these things are vulnerabilities. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I mean, I'm sure we could find other populations as as well. I know you've talked about students as well, but the exposure to risk for military spouses to be vulnerable to MLMs, it just keeps piling on. It's one thing after another. It's the new place and being vulnerable to love bombing because you don't have a community and then always being in transition. It's just one thing after another. And, you know, the other thing is, is depending on where you are, where you're moving. So we do get 
either reimbursed for our moves or the moves are paid for uh, by the military. But that doesn't always cover every single thing. There's been a lot of press recently about people moving pets, especially to and from overseas locations, and especially with larger dogs, having to spend just thousands of dollars to get their dogs to and from these locations, which it is their choice, I guess, quote unquote, to have a dog, but that's an expense that's not covered. And so MLMs, you know, kind of take that vulnerability too and say, hey, moving's expensive. Don't forget, you could use some extra income. There are so many vulnerabilities in the military just on the surface that I think most people who are not in the military understand, like the moving, the isolation, the deployments, and and how hard it can be on the family to go through all of this. But then there's all of these other vulnerabilities that someone in the military or as a spouse of someone in the military, you're experiencing these things that us civilians don't necessarily see, but it's all vulnerabilities and every single one of these things is a weak point in your perimeter fence, right? Like anybody right. can come in with any of these things. You're complaining about money. Any MLM can solve that problem. You're complaining about the school or not having friends or or anything like that. I mean, anything, any complaint. MLMs train us to go through the feed to search for people complaining about things that our MLM can solve. And also from conversations on this podcast, we also learn that the Huns target hashtags. They're using hashtags for eating disorders or military or things like that to find people who are suffering or vulnerable in these things that they believe their MLM will solve because they have been trained to do this. And it is very predatory. I don't care which way you look at it. That is predatory. That is not okay. I get it. You know, you're trying to grow your business or whatever, but like, that's not how you grow a legitimate business and MLMs, which we've learned countless times are not businesses. They're scams. They're just taking advantage of people. I fully believe. And, you know, I've said it a few times. I'm just going to say it again. They're taking advantage of people who just want to do better for their families. They want to carve out a little piece of life or the internet or whatever that's just for them. Maybe they're even doing something that they love. The products are not the problem. There are some of the makeup companies that I'm sure they have good makeup. I'm sure that they do. The problem is that my friend, my sister military spouse, who you have sucked into that company, has not actually made the money that you promised her. My sister military spouse, who you promised it was going to drop the baby weight and it was going to be so easy. And all she had to do is get 10 of her friends to do it with her. She is not living the life that this MLM promised her. And she now has more stress. Life is stressful for military spouses. And again, you know, I'm not, I hope people don't think I'm, you know, thinking that civilian parents or humans don't have stress. Absolutely. But I can only speak for my community. We have a lot of stress. Our spouses are gone frequently where we've already talked, we're moving to new places. We have all these transitions. We have a lot of stress in our life. We have the stress of the fact that when I was working in a corporate job and I was in a pretty, I wasn't like a super high level of employee by any means, but I had a really good job and I did work that I found important. But when push came to shove, I had to leave because the commitment to the military had to come first. 
there's a lot of extra stressors in our life. And so it pisses me off, frankly, that these companies are adding stress. You're not solving problems. You're not creating steady income for these families. You're not giving this person a better life. You're not giving them more money to spend on their kids and activities and fly home. That's the other thing. Most of the time we live in places where it's expensive to go home. I currently live overseas. It would cost me probably $7,000 to fly home to my family. That's a lot of money. I don't care who you are, unless you're like an actual millionaire. That's a lot of money to just pop on over over to see the family. They have this promise of like financial freedom and you can do whatever you want. And then something I didn't even think of till just now, the time suck, which Roberta, you've talked about how Lula Rowe promised you full-time income for part-time work. And then you and several of your guests have talked about how you just were like 24 seven. When my spouse is traveling, I'm essentially a single mom. I bring kids to school. I cut the grass. I make all the meals. I do all of the housework, all of the laundry, all of the running and the schlepping here and there. I don't have time to do 20 more hours worth of work and not get paid for it. I don't have time. And it you're only adding to that spouse's stress. You're only adding to her already invisible workload, her already underpaid and underappreciated workload to make some goofball at the top of the pyramid a bunch of money. And that just, that just really, really upsets me <laughs> because I am so, again, so passionate about my fellow military spouses and just think that I mean, truly everyone in life, but again, it's, it's my community. So I'm extra passionate about military spouses. Just, you know, they deserve all of the happiness and success in the world. And by success, I mean, whatever that looks like for them to live a life that they are proud of and that they are happy with, and that these companies take that desire and that drive and that passion that they have and that entrepreneurial spirit and those problem solving abilities. We can solve problems like nobody business. Take all of those wonderful skills and just suck it dry and use it for their own gain. Just, I don't like it. No, I think it's disgusting. And to touch on what you said about being overworked and underpaid, which is such an MLM thing, but also something that you said in your email, which really struck me. And it wasn't until I read it in this context that I was like, oh my God, you're so right. But that capitalism itself relies on underpaid care work, which is mostly stay-at-home moms or daycare type things, which end up most times being women. I know there are a lot of stay-at-home dads and uh, male care providers out there as well, but statistically it is the majority as women. And yeah. you said capitalism. And I just thought back to being that stay-at-home mom who, who needed yep. to work, but couldn't work, who had to rearrange my entire salon schedule around my husband's schedule for when he was home to watch our daughter, because we couldn't really afford daycare and, you know, family wasn't super duper close. I mean, not far, but not close enough to just run to work real quick. I saw a statistic recently that moms on average work like 13 hours a day. And I was like, honestly, that's all like, I know. I was just thinking, I'm like, that's it. 13. That's all. Okay. Like I sleep like six hours a night. All of the other time I am mom. Like I can't, you know, when I worked at like my corporate job, when I left the building, that was it. 
nobody bothered me. It was over, you know? Um, but right now, as I'm sitting here talking to you, if one of my kids wakes up, I'm going to have to hit that mute button and go take care of them. Right. And I will say, I can't completely take credit for the idea of the unpaid and underpaid care work. I was listening to the discovery podcast called the rise and fall of Lula Rowe, uh, which is actually the podcast that led me to your podcast. Cause at, it was like, Hey, if you liked this, check out this lady, you know? Um, yeah, that's Stephanie's podcast. She's great. She's been on the show too. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I will have to find that episode. Don't know that I've listened to that yet. So it was the second or third episode of that podcast that said, and it, and I will say too, it's American capitalism that relies so incredibly heavily on unpaid and underpaid care work. And so the underpaid care work they referred to, um, but from what I remember, it's like in the United States, care workers, so like daycare workers and people like that, they're not paid really a living wage. Uh, And then of course the unpaid work that falls on parents. And I will say, I live in a country right now, I mentioned I live overseas. I live in a country right now that considers itself a capitalist country. And that's why I specified American capitalism. But childcare in this country is heavily subsidized by the government. And if both parents are working, it is free, if not basically free. That gives working parents a lot of freedom to, it just opens up possibilities. It allows both parents to go back to work when they want to. It allows them to you know, maybe take a job that's maybe a little bit lower paying or what have you, because the childcare is heavily subsidized when both parents are working. And even if only one parent is working, it's still significantly subsidized. My younger son goes to a school in our local community a few days a week. And as he gets into the older classes, they told me how much it was per month recently, Roberta. I think that next year it's going to be something like the equivalent of like 130 American dollars per month for five days a week. I think I paid more than that per week for my older son for daycare when I was working. Some of the other moms, because I was talking, because you know my younger son only goes a couple of days a week now and he'll go full-time next year because that's just how schools work in this country. And they were telling me the price and I, I tried to be nice, but I thought that they misspoke. And I'm like, no, you mean a week, right? And they're like, no, because it's so heavily subsidized by the government. And because and I, I don't want to go off on the whole childcare tangent, but this, this country is very, very dedicated to its children and the care of its children. And they really put their money where their mouth is on that. And so kind of looking back at what I experienced in the United States and hearing what they said on this discovery podcast about the unpaid and underpaid. I'm just like, I think I would have understood it even if I didn't live in this country, but being in a country where it's so different right now, like the contrast is just so stark that I'm like, why are we doing this to our parents and care workers? Like, why? And it's right. It almost seems intentional, right? It almost seems like a pyramid. Almost. Almost. Like these people at the top are making a lot of money and the rest of us are shouldering the burden. So yeah. um, hmm, capitalism. <laughs> I wonder why you look so much like a pyramid. Hmm. And look, I'm not anti-capitalist by any, any stretch. I have a little side hustle here that, you know, keeps me 
able to order what I want from Amazon, you know? Um, and the funny thing is, is Roberta, is that I do a thing and people pay me money. I don't have to like pay money to do the thing. It's crazy. I feel like moms. And again, because 92% of military spouses are women. We're not all moms, but we are hit really hard by that unpaid and underpaid care work. And again, like you said, another little hole in that fence, just another little vulnerability where somebody says, Hey, you're underpaid and underappreciated. I am going to make you a shiny, sparkly girl boss. I am going to give you purpose. I'm going to make you feel important and appreciated, but then they don't deliver. If they were delivering on promises, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, but we they wouldn't. don't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we wouldn't be here. But the fact is, is that they promise people the world and they just they just don't deliver. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's it's wild because you know, we promised the American dream, which maybe was something that could have happened back in the day. <laughs> But it, it has not been continued that way. When we look at inflation rates and things like that, it, it's it's very startling to see and interesting. So I, I really hope there's solutions in the future for things like this, because like we said, it is very pyramid shaped and that's concerning. You know, that's just, it's a yeah. little concerning. There are little <clears throat> red flags. We kind of point them out as we need to, but <clears throat> Right. I'm not an expert. I'm, you know, I'm not an economist. I have no like formal training in any of that. When things are logical and make sense, they just, they just make sense, you know? Um, and, and the, the fact is, is that if moms refused or if parents refused to do childcare work for free by being stay-at-home parents, and if care workers, daycare workers, preschool teachers absolutely demanded higher pay, I mean, we'd be up shit creek without a paddle. And that's just the truth. (laughs) All right, Christine, uh, are you ready to do some rapid fire questions about military spouses and multi-level marketing? I think we've covered everything that we both wanted to cover. So hit me with the rapid fire. All right, Christine, what is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs? Irritated. What is a warning to one of your fellow sister military spouses who may be listening and is thinking, you know what? I think I want to join one of these things anyway. Uh, call me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but really, no. Um, I would say if you're on the fence, don't do it. Find some other way to trade your talent or your skills for money. It, it can be done. If you're absolutely dead set on doing it anyway, um, I would highly encourage treat it like a business. Keep a running total of your monthly expenses and your monthly income. And at the end of the month, you need to marry those numbers or put them together and really look at the, the literal facts of whether or not you're making money. Numbers don't lie. So if you put out $2,000 and you only brought in $2,004, you only made $4. I know it feels like you made $2,004, but if you put out 2000, that doesn't add up. So if you're on the fence, don't do it. Uh, If you're dead set on doing it, keep track the first few months. Uh, And I mean, to the penny and decide for yourself whether or not that's profitable for you and whether it's a good idea for your family. Yeah. And then also to add while you're keeping the, the numbers and the expenses, 
keep track of those hours too, because you want to see how much you're making per hour of that $4 you made for the whole month. Yes, absolutely. And, and something I will say to that is um, in my previous life, I did work in banking for a little bit and I did work with a lot of small business owners and, you know, like, and I'm sure you know this with your podcast, you put in endless hours with this podcast, I'm sure. And so it is hard a lot of times for small business owners to really give themselves credit for those hours. But when I say expenses, I don't just mean your starter kit and your orders. I mean, did you purchase business cards? Did you buy stationery? Are you paying for website hosting? Are you paying a babysitter to ship out orders? Like literally every expense. Then if you still feel like you're making money, definitely track your man hours and figure out what your hourly wage is. Um, because I would, I would be willing to bet that most small business owners, even of legitimate businesses are like, dude, I make like $2 an hour, uh, especially for the first couple of years. I would go out on a limb and say the rubber's really going to meet the road. You know, if you really track, okay, well, you know, I bought a new shirt to go to this event so I can look nice. And I purchased business cards and I purchased ads on Facebook. You know, there's just a lot of overhead with MLM with a job that's supposed to be easy and work from your phone and you're already on your phone. For my little side hustle, I do spend some time on the internet, responding to posts, responding to inquiries, but I book my time and then I do the thing and then they pay me and then it's over. You know, it's not like a constant thing. So anyway, that was the really long answer to your rapid question. <laughs> what is the worst MLM in your opinion? My opinion. Oh man, I'm torn. I really feel a way and we didn't talk about this today, but maybe we'll have a chance to meet again. Any of the like diet culture ones, I, that's just a whole rabbit hole because I've also through my personal anecdote, internet research have found that those are the, some of the most convoluted ones too, that like, oh my gosh, like I've been working out, like look at my before and after and da, 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 da. And then it's like, bam, beach body. I'm like, what the heck? Or like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. Like, oh, you have to put this patch. Who does the patch on the arm? Which right. MLM is that? thrive. Okay. I don't know where I've seen that one, but those I can't, I can't with the health and wellness ones, the, the lack of peer reviewed, my best friend is a medical librarian. And so like peer reviewed legitimate science is literally her bread and butter. And like, it just hurts me that these companies talking about false promises, it just, it just goes further down that rabbit hole. And, you know, there are a lot of us moms who are military spouses. And again, not to get on a huge tangent on your rapid fire, but I'm just not a rapid person. I have a lot of words, but I do feel like they especially prey on moms. And especially since 92% of military spouses are women, uh, we are not all moms, but a lot of us are moms. The fact of the matter is that after two kids, and 11 years of marriage, my body looks very different than it did at 25. Some people have an easier time making peace with that than others. Um, but those MLMs really prey on those insecurities. And when you're sitting around your house by yourself in a new place and in your new bathroom with terrible lighting, anyway, I just, I just don't like them. And I also, I'm a huge advocate for like body positivity and all of that as well. And so those just really really especially bother me in a, in a lot of ways. <laughs>
in a ways that I could talk about for hours, but we don't have that kind of time today. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Toxic diet culture. I hate it. We've got lots of episodes on it and we are going to continue to talk about it as, as many times as it comes up, we'll continue to talk about it. So, um, I know you weren't in an MLM, so we're going to tweak these last two a little bit. Uh, what was the hardest lesson that you learned by being a military spouse and sort of seeing all of this MLM around you? So I think the hardest lesson to learn is not everyone has pure motives. You know, like I've said multiple times, I think the, the vast majority of military spouses really are trying to do the right thing. But unfortunately, there are people out there, military spouses and non who only want to be your friend for a specific reason. And so kind of just understanding that not everybody's motives are pure. Cause you know, I mentioned, I kind of tend to try to see the best in everyone and, you know, learning that unfortunately not everyone had my best interest at heart. And the only person who truly, truly has my best interest at heart, 100% of the time is me. Um, and so that, that was kind of hard to learn in, in my twenties, because I was like, well, but I thought like you actually liked me and that like that hurts your self-esteem as a, as a younger woman and who's trying to, you know, come into this community and, and meet people. And, and again, it, it's not many people who are that way, but the ones who are, it is very hurtful. I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, and then a positive takeaway that you have experienced from being in this situation. Um, I will say, and it's, I think it can definitely be tied to MLM, but since I haven't been in one, I haven't, but the sense of community and just the absolutely like, I've never seen a group of people who will just drop everything and help each other like military families and military spouses. Um, there is an incredible sense of community. There's an incredible sense of obligation in a positive way. Um, towards your fellow families. And I think that for women in MLMs, that can be kind of a safety net because if absolutely anyone came to me tomorrow or whenever this podcast airs and said, oh my gosh, Christine, I heard you talk about it. I just really want to get out like, okay, I got you girl. Like, what do you need from me? Like, do you need me to, to call your upline and tell her to back off? Like, there's always somebody who's going to have your back. And for every negative, hurtful person whose motives are impure, there's 25 other girls who are your ride or die, even if you've never met them. The bonds of military spouses are just really incredible. That's something that, I mean, no one can take that away from us. I love that answer. I love that there is such a strong community within the military with the spouses and everybody. That's great. It's great to hear. And I'm glad that you have a really strong community and that you've gone through the hard stuff and you're, you know, what's up now. That, that, that's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Christine, for being on here and sharing your story through time zones and technical difficulties and all of this. It has been <laughs> such a pleasure to talk to you and to learn all about your perspective. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Also, thank you so much for having me. Um, I was just so thrilled, kind of word vomited some stuff out on an email one night and hit send and thought, you know what, if she's interested, cool. If not, I'm going to listen to her podcast anyway. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful that you wanted to tell our story because it's really not even my story. It's just the story of my people. Um, and so thank you for giving a voice to that. Mm -hmm. 
you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>